Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this uh, Live with CDP podcast on Monday, February 14th, uh, 2022. This is season three, episode four of Live with CDP podcast. And I'm looking forward to my guest today. Uh, His name is Tommy Kundell. He's the uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the CFL's Hamilton Tiger Cats. And he's also... um, a 2017 Grey Cup champion, a part of the coaching staff uh, with the uh, Toronto Argonauts. Now, I hope Tommy doesn't mind me uh, being an Argos fan since 1979, but um, I have a lot of respect for the Hamilton Tiger Cats franchise. And uh, like you said, we're going to talk a little bit about his career in football and coaching and also um, the CFL, a lot of free agent moves right now, crazy stuff. And uh, going to try to get Tommy's reaction on uh, Brandon Banks uh, signing with the uh, evil guy evil empire in toronto so um anyways just give me one moment and i will bring on the uh offensive coordinator for the cfl's hamilton tire cats good afternoon tommy how you doing i'm doing awesome man it's uh, the sun is shining so i'm excited definitely uh like I said, today's Monday, and it's kind of a blue uh monday for me because there's no football now until <laughs> may well shoot we had a what a great game last night you know and and now, to me, we're only about what it's about four months away uh, until we really kick off training camp or something like that. So it's uh, it's right around the corner. We're in the midst of uh, preparations for the upcoming season, and not only from a player acquisition uh, uh, portion of it, but certainly looking at the schemes and and things of that nature from a quality control. And and, and I was going to say before we get into uh, some questions in the CFL stuff, just quickly, uh, quick thoughts on the uh, Super Bowl last night and who you were cheering with, and uh, where do you see the Bengals needing to improve on if they want to take that next step, uh, winning the Super Bowl next year? I was certainly a fan. You know, I, I wanted to get a chance to just see a great game, and which we did. It was competitive all throughout. Uh, you know, I've I really enjoyed the whole uh, Joe Burrow and how he progressed in the Cincinnati Bengals progressed from uh, the, you know, another year where would they win like three or four games or something of that nature. And then to be able to create that mojo and go into other venues, go on the road and win the games that they did uh, under duress. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, And then getting a chance to see the Rams. So I didn't have, you know, any really skin in the game. I didn't really know any of the coaches on the other side or players for that matter. So I sat back, you know, and enjoyed it with my sons and was cheering kind of both both sides, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have really a, a, a strong point uh, of each one, but I was pretty excited just to get a chance to watch those guys. And and then all of a sudden Cooper Cup make those plays and and they were so adamantly going towards that towards him at the end, you know, in order for them to put them in the best position possible. I got a chance to see, you know, and it's, it's hard to see during the game because of the film uh, in regards to the angle. But. To just to kind of see the the adjustments that they were making and stuff like that. So uh, I enjoyed the game. Me and my sons, we made some nachos. 
We had some hamburgers and hot dogs. So, and uh, I had a few cold beers. So it was a it was a productive night. We enjoyed it, and it wasn't that late. So I was able to go to bed a little bit early. I was gonna say um, I was gonna say there's a couple of CFL connections with uh, that team. Uh, Zach uh, Taylor was yep. a third string quarterback on the Blue Bombers, I believe, in 07, and um, also um, uh, Joe Burrow's dad, uh, Jim, was a defensive back in the CFL from '76 to '81. Yes, you know, and and it's funny. One of our um, former colleagues that was actually with with me in Hamilton is actually down at uh, as the O-line guy at uh, Ohio University. So that's in Athens where, you know, where they're all from. And I know that uh, Joe's dad coached there at Ohio U with the staff and, and know them very, very well. And, and they were supporting them and, and uh, making sure they were cheering hard for them. I was going to say, and uh, the Rocket even had a little CFL connection too with uh, Calgary in 95, I believe. Yep. You know, football, football itself is, 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 is special in that, in that regard, you know, that it, it really cross pollinates in a lot of different avenues and you never know where you might know this person from or this person from uh, it's, it's, it's been an exciting adventure for myself as kind of growing up playing football, then getting on into the coaching realm of it and, and just see that sometimes it's not even six degrees of separation. You know, it's, it's, it's just a kind of a, uh, a stone throws away, so to speak. Well, and, and I grew up as a CFL fan back in the seventies. I'm old now; I'm 49. But I've always loved the CFL, the NFL, and in the college football in the states. And I've always enjoyed the differences. I never like, well, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? I, I yep. just enjoy three downs. I enjoy four down. And and we're lucky in Canada because we get the both leagues. And as far as I'm concerned, um, the other leagues like the USFL starting up the XFL. I don't know. I just prefer to stick with uh, what I know. You know, football's football. So I, yeah. I was very fortunate. You know, I was born and raised in upstate New York. So being born and raised in my, actually, my mother is from Niagara on, on the American side, but certainly, you know, with, uh, had a cottage at Lewiston. And, and, and so I was always up here. And certainly during the summer, when I turned that TV on, got a chance to see the CFL games and had a strong connection to the CFL with, uh, with actually one of our, uh, one of my coaches growing up actually coached in Winnipeg and, and things of that nature. So I certainly, I was always interested in football and anytime I could get football year round, I certainly was going to get, it. I don't care if it's college pro NFL CFL, I could care less what it was. I was just happy to be, be a part of it and watching it. Okay. Um, I'm going to get to some questions and the, for this one I was going to save later, but I thought I would ask you now, uh, can you just give me quick thoughts on Brandon Banks, Speedy B and Jeremiah and Missouri, leaving the Missouri. Tiger cats and, um, former receiver Luke Tasker, who I was a huge fan of and his father, Steve, who retired after the 2019 season. Golly. I, I can tell you that that would be the whole show. To tell you the truth with all those three. You know, first, uh, you know, not in any order. I'm just going to kind of okay. reverse since you said Luke Tasker. Luke, Luke and I have been together since he was 18. So it was, uh, it was going to Cornell University, getting a chance to coach him there and see his growth, uh, not only as a as a player but as an individual and as a man, and a, then ultimately uh, getting married. And now, and now he has uh, three sons. 
Yeah, I have four sons, so he's rapidly catching up to me, I can tell you. So uh, very excited. I know he does the radio for us as, as well. And I didn't get a, I get a chance to see him. We stay in contact, especially and and uh, uh, from different scenarios. But enjoy Luke and what a, what a pleasure to get a chance to be a part of him, be a part of him and uh, his growth, and also just get a chance to be to carry it on in the pro level. That rarely ever happens. A lot of times, going from college, uh, seeing him at that age, all the way through to uh, pro and and be a part of winning some things and getting really close. And uh, uh, great fond memories of Luke and uh, just from the Cornell Big Red all the way to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So Luke is, is obviously uh, really special in that regard. But Jeremiah Masoli, I think, was the second one. Jeremiah just wished so much great thoughts. And, and, and Jeremiah gave his blood, guts, and prepared every way, shape, shape or form. We've been together since... Well, golly, I, I want to say it was like 2013 we were able to trade for him. Mm -hmm. And the growth that he has had from – so I was with him in 13, 14, 15, then came back in, in 19 and, and, and then the, this past year. And just the continuous growth, again, not only as a chance as a player and just to see his trajectory as that because of his preparation. You know, a lot of people don't see the – what goes behind doors, the the hours and hours and him getting up there nice early, early, early in the morning and getting a chance to watch film, ask the questions and stay late, late at, at night, way past practice time and that kind of thing. So, you know, really happy for Jeremiah and his family uh, and for them to get an opportunity. I know in Ottawa uh, and cheering for his, his individual success, uh, but certainly, but certainly they're part of our Eastern division. So, we want to get a chance to beat them as well, but uh, really honored to get a chance to work with Jeremiah for all those years. And uh, he helped me become a better uh, coach, certainly, and just have great thoughts of that. You know, with Brandon, Brandon came in in 2013 when I was here. So Brandon was uh, was was in Washington, Washington for a while. So Brandon came in right in the I'd say in the mid part of the year, right around there. And we immediately started to utilize him. He was uh, an unbelievable returner as well. He's going to be, you know, obviously he's the future hall of Famer. You know, he's going to be in the hall of fame and there's no one, you know, arguably have done what he did. And especially during those years and, and 13, 14, 15, when we were together as a returner, punt returner, and, and, and then obviously field goal returner. Wow. Is there anyone else better than than Brandon Bakes doing that? And as he evolved as a and we used him in those packages, uh, but he was so valuable in the return aspect. You know, it, it was hard to even get a chance to utilize him on the offensive side. But we did got some package sets for him as 13, 14 and 15. And as he grew and he grew older, his receiver, his skill and all the things of this route running and things of that nature took over and. He went on that path and to get a chance to be a part of his uh, MOP 2019 uh, most yards that he had and all that business. And he really tore it up. So uh, excited for Speedy B. I, I know those things and, 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 you know, going to the team that, that should not be named, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll miss Speedy and certainly uh, little Speedy is his son as well. 
I was going to say, it's going to just add to the rivalry uh, oh, yeah. even more. And this is great. I'd like to see the rivalry get back to what it was like in the eighties. Cause it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty, it was pretty vicious back in the eighties uh, when I was growing up uh, with Al Bruno against Bob Obilovich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's starting to reach those pinnacles, especially when they're signing those players to come on over and, uh, and, and, and I think as, as the teams, I think they've done, both teams have done a great job and, uh, we're looking forward to getting a chance to compete against Toronto, uh, and, and wish, wish Speedy the success that he deserves because he's, he's worked extremely hard and has, has accomplished so many things in, in the black and gold. So, uh, black and yellow, excuse me. And, uh, I, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to believe that he's ever going to suit up. There. I'm just not going to believe that, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm always going to think speedy with, with the Hamilton tie cat colors and yeah. running down the field, making touchdowns. And, and I'm, I can't think that other way. I just can't. Well, it's the same with Chad Owens. When Chad Owens left Toronto to came to Hamilton, yeah. I'm like, this does not look right. Chad <laughs> Owens is an Argonaut. So I guess we're kind of just making up for uh, you guys taking Chad Owens off of us a couple <laughs> years ago. And he's one of my favorite players, too. Yeah, Chad's a Chad's a uh, I, I we were so I didn't get a chance to work with Chad. I know Chad. We've you know talked uh, and, and know mutual people. So uh, always loved how he played the game and and how he attacked it. So, uh, but didn't get a chance. Cause when, then when I, uh, you know, le I left and went with Mark Tressman in Toronto, uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't ever cross paths. Okay. I was going to say, and, um, 2013 is when you first came to Hamilton and that's when you guys played your games in Guelph. So I actually, as an Argos fan, I actually went to four of your games and, and saw Luke's first game against Calgary on September 28th. And then also uh, Speedy Banks and yeah. Jeremiah. So they were all rookies on that team that played the, the year in Guelph. Oh, gosh, yeah, in Guelph. The, you know, the, the thing that I remember about Guelph, too, was it, it seemed like it rained every game that we had there. And, like, we didn't have, um, uh, like, any booths. They were just, like, makeshift tents. And, and the rain would just pound you you know coming on through here and uh but at, that i remember and obviously when we played uh who was at montreal and when when we kicked then montreal kicked it all the way here and it just kind of went right back <laughs> it was so rainy i could and oh gosh that's what i remember about guelph and also heading up there when we would drive there so you know when we had a home game me and, and Alan Rudolph would, would drive up there, our old, old line guy, and we loved that drive. Just loved it, especially when it was it started to turn colors and stuff like that. Uh, there's no better place when you, you're kind of driving up through Guelph and, and, and all that. But I could, I did not like uh, the actual rain, I can tell you that. It was too darn cold. The, the weather. And, and the thing is, we've been lucky in Guelph because we had you guys here in 13, and now the Argos, I think, are going to come back to the uh, Guelph uh, location because uh, uh, I was talking to Mike Hogan, and he was very impressed uh, with the setup at the University of Guelph. Oh, it's a great, great school. It has a lot of – I know uh, when we went back there a few years back, and I think we played a preseason game, I mean, I mean obviously it's changed – dramatically since then and, and they had great facilities then you know so it, it, it has a lot of things to offer 
And uh, I had Mike Hogan on my podcast a couple weeks ago, so he wanted me to say hi to you and just said, hey, he's a really good guy. And I said to Mike, I'm lucky because um, – it took me a while to get guests on my podcast a couple years ago. And, and now I I've uh, been able to get a lot of guys on and And now it's great to have somebody who's a coach in the CFL uh, like yourself, come on. And I've always enjoyed uh, your work in the CFL as well. Well, I appreciate it. You know, anything that can grow the game and in particular grow the CFL and get it out to the fans. I, I'm willing to do any of that. It's a great game. It's, it's given myself and, 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 my family a lot uh, and not only from uh, growth, but it's just, it's a great game. And the people that are a part of it, if people, everyone could see the players and the coaches and, and, and Mike and uh, all those people that make this CFL great, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm willing to do it. And uh, I'm just hoping, like I said, I'm just hoping to keep getting guys on from the CFL as well because I really love the CFL as much as I love the NFL and and learning stuff uh, from from my guests or people in the industry as well. And uh, I was going to say my last CFL game, unfortunately, was June 2018, uh, the Argonauts Grey Cup home opener against Calgary. And unfortunately, one of my favorite all time players, uh, Ricky Ray, uh, played yep. in his last game there. That that injury was pretty. Uh, uh, tough to watch even from the stands. Yes, I, re I, I actually remember that game and, and with Ricky, you know, but as it, as anything and, and how the season progressed, but the growth and, and also that I was able to be a part of, we had, we, you know, with that staff, I mean, we had Ricky Ray, Anthony Cavillo was there as well, Mark Tressman. I mean, so it was, it was like quarterback you back then. So it was a, it was awesome to, uh, be involved in, in, in all those meetings and, and get a chance to really, you know, you're picking, uh, you know, two hall of fame players all the time. Right. And seeing what they're seeing, you know, how they're doing it with their footwork, their, their, their vision, all those things. And to be able to get a chance to have that on a daily basis was awesome. I was going to say in the last eight, nine years, you've had, look at the great quarterbacks you've had Henry Burris, yep. Jeremiah, obviously. And then you went to Toronto, had Ricky Ray, Yep. And then you had Zach. Oh, sorry, I forgot about Zach. Zach. Can't forget about Zach. Zach. Can't forget about Zach. One great cup with the Argonauts as a backup, and then two back to back with Winnipeg. And then uh, look who you've had in Hamilton with Jeremiah, Ricky Ray in Toronto, then Jeremiah, and now Dane Evans as well. Yep. You know, all those guys are are they're the same in regards to their makeup of of trying to. I mean, they're gym rats, and but also their competitive nature. But they're all also also different, you know, in regards to let it be motivation and how they do things, and uh, it's just it's just an, been an amazing journey uh, to get a chance to be a part of those guys' lives, and not only to hopefully impart some of the knowledge that I uh, I had and, and prepare them, but it, it's a two way street, you know. We always talk about iron sharpens iron, and being accountable to each other. And that's what we do. And and to get a chance to be a part of, like you said, Henry in 2013, and and then Zach came over, and just to watch his growth and continued growth, and to see these, and it's kind of a broken record, but you see these players come in, and they're they're young men, and as they mature, and all of a sudden, you know, you go to weddings, and now you're getting all these cards, you know, uh, like Zach, Zach's Zach's got two girls of his own, and and uh uh and, and married and, and and it's it's just been awesome 
to be a part of that um, part of their lives, you know, not only from a football sense, uh, but from also a personal sense. And I was going to say, and, and, and I've always believed this in football too. Um, a, a team, it's not just, a, it's, Football is the ultimate team game, I think. But to me, it starts with the uh, D line and the O line, and 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 you need a quarterback as well. But the quarterback also needs that offense line to protect him and give him the time to make the throws as well. No doubt, you know. Obviously, you you need you need a quarterback. There's there's no doubt. You know, I think uh, I, I use the term uh, Bud Grant. Bud Grant used to say, it "said you know uh, a good a good coach needs a." What was it? A good wife, a loyal dog, and and, and a, a good quarterback, but not necessarily in that order. You know what I mean? So Definitely. I mean, uh, you're absolutely right. It always starts up front. You know, I think the to be able to get pressure on the quarterback and also defeat pressure on the quarterback go hand in hand. So you know, the games in that sense is has not changed. It's a physical aspect of the game, and and to be able to protect the quarterback. Uh, but like you said, it's intertwined. You know, you have to have all all, all the team together, not only from uh, to win, to get to get you the possibility of success for that that game, right? I mean, it takes so much. It's not just, and it's not even just the darn players. It's the coaches. It's yeah. the trainers. It's the it, it's it's a list of people now. You know, and and just to be able to, it doesn't take one. It takes it, it takes a village now, and to be able to have that, and and being in Hamilton in particular, you know we have that. You know we we have the weight the uh, the weight coach. We have the trainers and and Claire and Maui doing a great job. But also you know not you know the equipment. You know Drew Strohschein. You know those guys behind the scenes that no one knows about. You know it. Those are the people that make up the culture. Because it's great to go into work and see a smiling face, you know, and, and we haven't even talked about the, the people that also are, are responsible for the food that have it. No, they they have the they probably have the most impact. Yeah. And um, I'm learning I'm with Rogers TV as a camera operator for the Gold Storm. And I know it's different. It's it's TV instead of football. But people don't realize how much work there is in a, a, a live production of a sporting event set up, tear down. You need the, the producer who's like the quarterback. He has to know all aspects, uh, audio guys, the camera guys. Everybody has to work together. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. And most coaches and 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 players in particular, you know, you ask them what they miss the most. It's it's going to be the locker room, and really, what that is is the day to day interaction with each other, and then going to compete and putting everyone on for the same goal. And they're coming from tons of different areas, different socioeconomic, different countries, all those things, and to be able to formalize that, bring them all together and pull the same rope. And Orlando does a tremendous job of that. And, and he's done that to be able to have that one, create an individual, be able to be an individual, but under a collective team mindset. And that's not easy in this day and age. I can tell you. 
And one thing I've learned too recently with CFL, obviously with Winnipeg, but now Hamilton's done this for the last nine years. Toronto, I think, slowly doing this. Stability. The fans like to know who their coaches are, and and the, obviously coaches leave and change, players, free agents, and stuff. But stability is huge with an organization. And uh, in, and in, in, uh, for me, Hamilton has has been able to be a part of that. You know when. The years that we've been together here in Hamilton, 13, 14, 15, 19, 20. I mean, the, the, the Bob Young and, and Scott Mitchell to be able to give you that sense of consistency. You know, if you have that consistency and to be able to put a, put a winning product on the field, you know, it, it goes to those individuals that actually say, yes, let's do that. Because if you don't have that, then – Really, none of this, none of it matters underneath the umbrella, right? You can, you know, you can, you can paddle as hard as you can, but if you don't have the correct boat, you're not going anywhere, right? Okay. And and that's important to be able to, like you say, stability. You know, that stability comes from uh, not only the ownership, but also the ability to say yes within that ownership and say, hey, these are the things that we're going to do in order to, uh, you know, for whatever it takes to win. Definitely. And when when I was growing up in the 70s, being an Argos fan, um, I grew up with Conrad Holloway, Terry Greer, Cedric Mentor, uh, and then Bob Ovilovich took over the team in 82. And they started winning, but then uh, I started identifying with the players too. And, that, and that's great for the fans as well. I think so. You know, to be able to go in there and, and, and you know, with the merchandise and ha- have a number and that kind of thing. And, 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 and that's why it's important and I know we've done a really good job here in a lot of ways is to have a two-year deals. So you can, you can have that stability as a player, you know, and it's, it's not easy because you want, it's a player's league, right? Any, mm. any professional sports, that's where the players play and they make the league in, in regards to that and make no bones about that. So I, I, I certainly wish all the success that they can have from um, you know, from a money standpoint, uh, from a personal standpoint, uh, but to be able to really connect to the fans, to have that stability has been great. If we can get those, you know, those guys and we have, for the, you know, this past free agency period, some two-year deals so we can create that consistency, not only for, for the fan, but also the coach, you know, know yeah. that they're going to be there for those two years. You know, you, you hate to lose or say goodbye to some of those players. And some of them you have to, it's, you know, they just have gone on and the budget's the budget, you know, and, and as much as I want to, I want, trust me, I want the filet mignons all the time, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go. But I mean, you know, you can't break the budget there, you know, there's a whole other facet of the game. And that's true too. So, um, and, and, and I imagine when these guys do leave, you still keep in touch with them as well. Certainly, you know, a lot of those guys, it's, it's part of the job, not only to have this make them grow as a player, but hopefully progress them as a man as well in their decisions. And it's, it, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's certainly not just one-sided on that. So, and then as they go and expand, you know, and, and, and it, that's, that's just part of the growth. And it's part, as much as you don't like to see it sometimes, as much as I don't want to see them in any colors except black and yellow, you know, I also understand that um, they must go on as well. The business. Okay. Are you still good for a few questions? Sure. 
Okay. Uh, first one I wanted to ask you is, can you just tell my audience just a little bit about yourself? And when did you decide you wanted to pursue a career in football as a, a player? And then um, did you know right away after you were done playing that you wanted to get into the coaching aspect of it? Sure. You know, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. You know, I, I've already stated that I was born and raised in upstate New York. So I really got a chance to not only have the three different phases of football and loved every minute of it, meaning college and uh, NFL and then the CFL. So I knew all about the teams and, and that kind of thing. So uh, and then when I started playing, I started playing when I was really, really young and I was not nowhere near as a, a great player as the players that I'm coaching now, you know, and as I progressed through it and got a chance afterwards and was done in college, that's when I knew, you know, I was certainly wasn't going to be a professional player, but I loved the game. I loved being a part of it. I loved everything about it, right? The actual teaching of it and getting a chance to be a, a, a more of a motor learning and an educator in that style. And I always thought that was one of the hardest types of educate, educators, not only to teach them, the grand schemes of things, but also the motor learning that pathways that had to be a part of that. And then you throw in the chaos of the game and the, and everything that goes along with it, the decisions. And there's, there's a handful of things that you, that you, yeah, that you can control. And then there's a huge part that you can't control and kind of loved everything about of it. And that's what, um, I, and then probably I like the illusion of the control of the schematics of it's a moving, it's an ever moving chessboard. You know, it's never it's a floating chessboard that goes across and you're trying to move pieces. And then not only are you trying to move pieces in this game, but, you know, they're 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 actual human beings. So something that could be bothering them that day or and then they're trying to get hit. So it, it to me, it was just a game that was ever changing. And with my personality uh, and probably some ADHD that I have, you know, that I had it, I wanted the ever changing thing of it. And that's kind of lead, you know, led me to football, uh, not only uh, as a player, uh, but really a, a, into coaching. And then once I, I graduated, uh, I went, I, I actually went down south and was at McNeese, McNeese State and was down there for a while and back and forth, got my first. Um, and I want to work with a pro team uh, every summer. So every summer I would send some things out, I was in the arena league. Uh, and then I, I was actually in Winnipeg when I was really young. I uh, got a chance to guest coach there that parlayed into some other things uh, in regards to coaching and special teams coordinator and did that. Uh, at, golly, I was so young. I was like 25 or something like that. But uh, started there and, and then all of a sudden it just kept on rolling. Went back to McNeese and with Stephen F. Austin and, and met my wife there. Uh, she's from Texas. So I spent probably... I don't know, uh, probably right around 10 years down south, you know, from okay. Louisiana and Texas. Two of my boys, one, one, my first one was born in Texas. Two were born in, in right above New Orleans. Uh, and then the uh, fourth one was actually born in Ithaca, New York at Cornell University. So we've been we've had a, a, a nice long and then came up here in 2013. And is that where is that where you met Ken? Sorry. Is that where yep. you met Ken Austin? No, I, I actually met Kent, like, really, because um, he was the offensive coordinator in Toronto uh, when I was in Ottawa. So I met him then. 
Okay. And then when I was the offensive coordinator in at in Sask, yeah, I want to say in 2006, and and uh, with Danny Barrett was the head coach, and also uh, George Cortez was the old line coach. Learned a great deal from those guys, and. Right. And then we we played in the finals, the Western Finals that year. And but against BC, they had a squad. I mean, they had Cameron Wake. They had they had a defense. I mean, they they had. I think uh, you know, Dave Dickinson was that the the uh, quarterback. They ended up winning it all. But golly, they were they were a good team. We ended up playing there in the Western Final. We lost. And then Kent came in as the head coach. Met him there, and um, but I got a job offer. Uh, down in southeast uh, southeastern Louisiana, uh, down there in Hammond, Louisiana. So went back to the NCAA and wanted, and it was doing that. I got closer to Mandy's parents uh, from her, right around Houston. So did that, and actually, then he left Sask, and he was at Ole Miss. And so we're playing Ole Miss. So we meet there, and then I want to say that year, the next year, he went off to Cornell and and called and asked me if I'd be interested and. Again, I'm my my hometown is Utica, New York, right? So I mean that's two hours, two about about two hours away from uh, Ithaca, New York, and it was a, a great honor to go up to Cornell and and was there. I didn't I, I honestly didn't think I was coming back to the CFL, and you know Kent came to the CFL and uh, I followed and and got a chance to be here for three years, and then it went into with Mark Trustman, learned a great deal from Mark, and was it was a great opportunity and. And got a chance to be there, uh, and obviously I'm still close with Mark and all the guys that were there. So, uh, and then got a chance when Orlando became the head coach. Uh, I, you know, certainly was excited and couldn't pass it up uh, to come back. I think he's as good a head coach as he was a player. Oh, you know, I remember him as a player, and and he was a heck of a player. I think he's a, he's he's more of a head a better head coach than he was a player. You know that's how good he is now with that. He's he's very level-headed. Uh, like I said and alluded earlier, he's able to balance the individual individuality along the team construct. He's able to do that not only uh, with coaches but with players, and to to always always want the best and have a a great positive mindset in regards to as we go and. And obviously the proof's in the pudding, no matter what, what personnel that's been out there, uh, Orlando and, 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 and the powers that be have put us in a position uh, to be in the last two great cups. I was going to say, um, I was cheering for you guys against Winnipeg. I know I shouldn't be saying this as an Argo fan, but I really have <laughs> a lot of respect for Bob Young, uh, Scott Mitchell, and, and, and your organization. And you guys are so very close. And I do really think next year, whoever wins between Hamilton and Toronto has got a very good chance of winning the Great Cup. I don't know if Winnipeg can win three years in a row. Well, I should have heck hope not. I can tell you that. You know, I, we're it was a, a, a great it was a challenging year, but it was a great year in regards to getting back to playing football and, and just being involved in football and can't wait to get started next year or this year coming up for the season. And just, just to have a, a lot more normalcy in regards to the season and the progression of the season. So looking forward to it. Uh, we certainly want to win it uh, for these fans here, these loyal fans that we have. 
Uh, and they're not only in the Hamilton area, but everywhere, you know, because we I got texts and messages is messages from a lot of different areas, uh, not only the not only from the uh, from Canada either. It was it was special and and certainly wanted to finish it. I, I wish we did. Uh, we were really darn close and close. didn't even wanted to get it to overtime. I was going to say, no, I, wanna, I was going to ask you, Tommy, um, you already answered where you went to school. Did you have any mentors that mentored you when you were breaking into the coaching industry? You know, the, the mentors, as they kept uh, all the coaches that I, I, I worked with became those. I didn't have like someone that was, you know, assisting in regards to um, kind of guiding me in my path or sending me into contact with a lot. Like, um, as you see, let's see, in the NFL, all of a sudden you, you see the Shanahan tree from his dad, you know, and then all of a sudden they kind of sprout and they get here. Corn. I didn't have that. You know, I didn't play at a high level uh, of football in regards to that division three level. And so, you know, my, my contacts weren't those, you know, I kind of worked, you know, I worked my way in and I slept on the ground and, and, and or in, uh, and uh, in the training room or something like that, just to get a chance. And and then those mentors became those uh, along the staff that helped help me to get to where I wanted to go. You know, like guys that I first started at, 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 at McNeese was uh, obviously Mike Santiago was there. He was the office coordinator and then took me over to, to another place. And each staff had a mentor in that helped and assist me. It wasn't like someone just kind of guided me along and that on that way. And and part of that's a tough part about this business. But the good part about it is that I was able to really interact with a lot of different systems. And during those times, so, I, I you know, things happen fast, you know, in my career in regards to play calling and things. I started like calling plays at 27 and have been doing that really almost ever since, right, all the way through. And so the trial by an error that <laughs> I still have, you know, but the learning from it uh, has has really helped me. Uh, it hasn't just been in one system and one system only. I've been able to really be a part of a bunch of different systems and have the ability to learn from a bunch of different people that not were only on the staff that I was at, but also I can easily go to somewhere else. Okay. And I was going to, my next question, I was going to ask you, Tommy, um, one second. I was going to, I forgot. I was, here's where I had to write it down. How much of an adjustment was it coming to Canada and learning the CFL game? How long did it take you a while to, to, to adjust it? And, and the travel aspect of being a coach as well, if you don't mind mentioning that too. The travel too? Yeah. 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 Uh, I think from the CFL, obviously coming up, especially, it is challenging there, you know, that 12th and that 12th man uh, plays, play, plays, plays heck on you. I can tell you in regards to different things when you're used to the down South version, but if you can use it as the same as like, this is the same as that. And that's especially what, what I do with quarterbacks coming up and coaching them. I teach them through that their eyes in regards to um, what they saw down South and really put it is as an analogy. And if I could do that for most of the things, then I know we're we're on top of things. But there is a there's there there is an adjustment and the movement, the dynamic movement of the whole thing, the field 
certainly when you're on the hash, I mean, I mean, in the NFL, if you know, from hash to like, if you're on the left hash and it's from hash to like the, the sideline, that's the same. It's basically the same. It's 24 yards. Right. But in between those hashes and all the way out, I mean, it's totally different. You get like 40, it's over 40 yards from hash to, to, to the sideline to the field. I mean, that's huge where the NFL, I mean, if you see their hash, the numbers, that's our sideline. You look at the NFL, that's that, their numbers. Those that's our side, our, excuse me, our hash, excuse me, our hash marks. That's it. Our hash. So the field itself is huge. The waggle and the disguise element that it also assists on the defense is another thing that's a little bit different. Uh, so there, it was a you know, adjustment coming to Canada always is for anybody that comes up here, but on the sense it football's football, hey, there's man, there's zone. What are they trying to do from a pressure stance? But if for a quarterback to be able to kind of calm their, calm themselves down to see where their eye fixes need to be, that's the important thing. And if I could say, Hey, it's the same as this, it's the same as that. This is just here, you know, and tell them about the waggle and the disguise element of, of that. Then, it makes it a heck of a lot easier, but the coverages are similar, but, but a little, you're not going to have it as much as like in the NFL, you have more of a, I'll say static, but you know, it's, it's not, it's just standing still, but you know, the coverages that they can do, there's one less player. So it's, it's easier to be able to see the contours, the middle field open, if you will, two you know, two safety, single safety. It's a lot easier to see those things over here. There's multiple, there's multiple people. So they're spinning and moving and grooving. So there is an adjustment for anyone that comes from the, from, uh, from the, you know, the 11 man game, if you will, to the 12 man game, there is an adjustment that you need to make and to be able to interpret that adjustment is huge for the development of the quarterbacks that come up here uh, from, uh, from the 11 man game, you know, but you know, you're talking about the travel, right. For my wife and everybody. Yeah, for the fam- it must be hard on the family life too sometimes. Yeah, I've been I've been very very fortunate in in regards to that as well. Uh, yes, you know the nomadic life of a coach is is can certainly put a lot of pressure on the family element of it, and not just the moving part of it, but just being in the in the public eye and 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 the wins and losses on the TV and stuff like that with your kids, you know, cause they go to school, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're not, it's a lot different, you know, back in the day when you and I were kids, I mean, we didn't have any of these phones, you know, I mean, no, was, no phones, you know, no internet. You only had to worry about like the paper, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but now there's, there, you, you don't have to worry just about one paper, you know, or maybe two papers. It's, it's the internet. It's everyone else, you know? So it is, it, it, it is, uh, it, it takes, it takes a special wife and a special family to, but we, we do it together. Uh, and that's what makes it strong. Uh, I I've been very fortunate in regards to not having to move. You know, I live in Canada, uh, and, and that, cause I didn't want to be six months away from my sons. Uh, you know, I have, I have four of them and, and I just didn't want to miss that time. If I didn't have to, if I didn't have to, and, and sometimes you can't choose that. And you know, sometimes you just have to be away and, and that kind of thing, but it. Uh, I have a, a special wife, and that's why we're. I only. I only got a few more questions because I got to. You know, Valentine's. Valentine's oh, yes. is big now, brother. I Definitely. can tell you. So I gotta. But uh, we're certainly. Uh, 
Uh, I'm very, very thankful to have a, a wife that's understandable that actually lets me do what I get to do. do. That's what it comes down to. She okay. lets me do what I, I love to do. Okay. I'll just leave me one last question I wanted to ask you. Um, obviously, you mentioned what you love about the coaching staff, the hardest aspect. What is a normal day like uh, on a Tiger Cats game day for an offensive coordinator and a quarterback's coach? Okay. On a game day. All right. So game day, depending on what time it starts, like if it starts at, if we're away or at home, but I'll give you like, usually if you were away or something of that nature in a hotel, uh, we'll have a, we'll get up. Uh, I'll get up nice and bright and early because I still am watching some film and, uh, and getting a chance to put the finishing touches on really the order of maybe a, uh, a, a, order of a play call, so to speak, or something that might arise that I just want to be prepared for that they have shown maybe four or five games ago, but want to make sure that we're, we're ready to, ready to go. And we have, and also I'm getting ready for, we have a offensive team meeting that offensive team meeting. We want to make sure that again, all the things that we talked about have a couple highlights, things of that nature that expresses what we want to get a chance to, uh, reiterate for them one last time what they're going to see, what they and what we anticipate in a certain situation, how we're going to play a, a situation uh, that comes up. So all the haze in the barn, but we're re-emphasizing and just making sure that last portion of any questions that the players might have, not only from uh, from the meetings. So I get up nice and early. We probably have a quarterback meeting right around nine o'clock. Uh, and then we'll go right into or 9:30, I should say. And then we have an offensive uh, offensive meeting right around 10:30, something than that. And that will only take uh, right around 30 minutes because they're raring to go, right? So then we'll have a walkthrough, make sure we walk through any things that we need to do, and also play the game, so to speak. Make those calls inside and out. Know the situations that arise, uh, and then they're off. You know, we we have. We actually have a pregame meal and we eat. And then depending on when the game's at, the bus will be there. And we get on that bus and it's time to rock and roll. Okay. And this is it. Uh, any advice for those who are looking to pursue a career in coaching and football or the sports industry? And where can my uh, audience find you on social media? You know, pursuing coaching and football, you know, the thing that – I've, I've learned from it is that it's a, you know, everyone love I, I was told by Mark, this trust me, he goes, everyone loves football, but football loves nobody, you know, and it's true. The business is difficult, but if you get into coaching football for the love of the game and the love of the interaction and the teaching portion, the people of it, that's going to, that's going to carry you all the way through. You know, if you're getting into it just because that you want to be in a professional side of it, or a uh, division one side of it, or however you want to do a college side of it, it's not going to last because it's going to just, it's going to drain you, you know? So if you can follow that passion and what, whatever that passion may be, you know, the people por portion of it, the schematic portion of it, uh, all those things that go along the interaction, uh, you know, with the, the, the people in the building, that's where you need to make a connection with it, you know? And also, you know, being able to pursue the career in the sports industry is not only it's it's for 
and I don't know how much it's changed now, but a lot of it was you get started as internships, things of that nature to, to get your foot in the door. And, you know, I didn't care what, and I still don't, you know, meaning it doesn't matter what the job is. It can't be, it's not too big and it's not too small. You know, you know, it is truly a, a, a servant leadership role and you can learn that early on and take your ego out of everything. You know, if someone wants coffee, I'm sure it's heck going to get that guy that uh, coffee. I'm going to make it the best coffee he's ever had in his life or she's having in his life, period. You know, and and that's also understanding to it's not going to just happen right overnight. It's going to take time. It's going there's going to be the the ups and downs of your career. I mean, especially in professional, you're you know, you're hired to be fired, so to speak. You know, we and you understand that. But if you're there and you have a higher outlook on things, right, and you start with a passion and energy, because if you can bring that into the building and a smile and you can make other people smile in the right way of your passion and your energy and your positive influence that just emanates from yourself. Um, I mean, you, you, you're going to climb. And that's what I'm trying to do to get into radio, even though I'm almost 50. I found right. that I have a passion and uh, it's going to take time. And I just have to keep grinding away and working hard and improving every day and continue to learn. Yes. Amen. And that's it never stops. You know, I just turned 50 myself and it's always um, getting a chance to find other people, connect with other people in regards to uh, just trying to find if it's a better way to say something, you know, it's a better way to teach something. It's, it could be just a phrase that I, I pick up, you know, it doesn't have to be some all inspiring um, grandiose thing. It can just be a simple thing. And, uh, but I'm certainly grateful to the Hamilton Tiger Cats and uh, the ownership and, and Orlando. I'm just, I'm grateful to get a chance to represent the Tiger Cats and the Hamilton community. I really am. Yeah. You know, that's, I just love being a part of it. I get a chance to call it home, Hamilton's home, and and I'm I'm very thankful. I might have to uh, sort of root for you guys without telling Mike Hogan or Sean Bowen about you guys because uh, I've met some people from the Tiger Cats and they've been really great. And I'm gonna have to come down to a game this year at uh, Tim Hortons Field. I haven't been there to one in since 2017. Oh, you got to come now. I mean, now uh, that thing you'll love it. You know that. All the the tailgating, the box yeah. J boys. There's no place like it now. Yeah. I mean, there's no place like it. Yeah, you know. Uh, of course, I'm biased. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, it it really is. It's a special place. It's a community place, um, and it's it, it represents uh, the the hardworking and uh, no entitlement atmosphere. And and hopefully, I know that Orlando and 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 the guys want to represent that, and hopefully the team year in year out represents that attitude. Well, I'll definitely let you know when I, I can come down to a game this summer. Awesome. And uh, I was going to say, I'm going to let you go. Cause I know it's an important day. I just want to say, thank you so much for giving me time, Tommy. And uh, I guess I got your, on my ticker where people can follow you on Twitter as well. Please. Awesome. I really appreciate your time and thank you, sir. Thanks, Tommy. We'll keep in touch. Thank you. Have a great day. Yes, sir.
anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast today with uh, Tommy Condell. He's the uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the CFL Hamilton Tiger Cats. He was also a part of the Argonauts coaching staff when they won the Grey Cup the last time in 2017 as well. You can check Tommy out on Twitter, uh, on Twitter at Tommy Condell, if you'd like to send him a tweet there as well. And I just want to say thank you to everybody watching this live on my YouTube channel. And please subscribe if you haven't. Uh, thank you to those who watched on Facebook Live and on my Twitter page at Chris D. Pome. And also, I'll uh, just put this on here as well. I'm going to wrap up my podcast soon. But you can also follow live with CDP Podcasts. Uh, listen to it on the audio version. is downloaded to Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify. Castbox and LinkedIn as well, and you can also follow me on TikTok. Uh, on TikTok at Live with CDP, that's at Live with CDP on TikTok as well. And also, guys, you can check out the Hamilton Tiger Cats website, TigerCats.ca, or you can check out uh, CFL.ca for all the CFL news as well. And let's see, guys, I'm just going to wrap this up soon. Uh, also guys, you can follow me on WordPress, wordpress.com slash home live with CDP podcast. I am now doing uh, daily blogs on there as well. If you want to check me out there. So that's uh, wordpress.com slash home uh, slash live with CDP podcast as well. And some other CFL news guys, uh, the Toronto Argonauts last week announced they have signed American quarterback, Chad Kelly, Chad, Chad Kelly is the nephew of Jim Kelly, the bills hall of fame quarterback. He, uh, Chad was acquired by the boatman in a trade with Edmonton in October, 2021. And, um, He's going to come down and 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 fight for a job in Toronto behind Thompson. So um, Chad had some uh, taste of the NFL with Denver and Indianapolis, but uh, we'll see what happens. He's 27 years old, and uh, we'll see if he can uh, uh, win a job with the Toronto Argonauts and uh, push uh, uh, Bessel McLeod Thompson as well. And uh, some other CFL news, guys. Uh, since we're on the subject, uh, March 25th to the 27th, CFL Combine pre presented by New Era, Weston Harbor Castle Hotel in Toronto. Uh, we'll be doing that on March 25th to 27th. And also, guys, May 3rd, the CFL draft. The first round draft order is uh, the Edmonton Elks, Ottawa Black, Red Blacks, the BC Lions, Montreal Selects 4th. Calgary Stampeders fifth, Toronto Argonauts sixth, Saskatchewan Referees select seventh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats select eighth, and back-to-back uh, -back Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers select nine, ninth as well. And also, guys, May 28th, 1 p.m., Montreal at Hamilton preseason football, and then the Cats are in Toronto on June 3rd to wrap up the preseason game. And also, the Tiger Cats open up their 2022 regular season on Saturday, June 11th against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So, and uh, guys, I think that's pretty well it. One question I wanted to ask you guys, a CDP question of the day, is will there be a 2022 Major League Baseball season, yes or no? If you guys want to comment or send me DMs later, that's great. Uh, my answer is I believe there will be, but I don't think it'll start until July. 
uh, to be honest with you as well. So uh, hopefully it'll be before then. And uh, I'm hoping to go to Detroit for uh, August 6th game, uh, the Tigers in Tampa Bay at Comerica Park, uh, where they're going to retire Lou Whitaker's number one, and the number one number and name on the wall there. So which is long overdue as well. Anyways, guys, and also uh, last night the Rams won their second Super Bowl in franchise history. Uh, the first one was 1999 as the St. Louis Rams, and last night they won 23-20 over Cincinnati. Uh, Cooper Cup uh, won the Super Bowl MVP, and uh, like I said, guys, uh, Cincinnati had their chances, but uh, unfortunately at the end of the game, Aaron Donald pressured Joe Burrow into making a bad throw, and that was the game. So uh, the difference was the Rams uh, got to Joe Burrow six times and then pressured him at the end of the game. But overall, it was a pretty good Super Bowl, and I'm happy for Massey Stafford uh, getting his Super Bowl championship. And uh, look, at he had to win games. He had to win on the road against Tampa Bay. He had to beat a very good San Francisco team, and then he had to have that impressive, uh, I think, what, 16-play, 75-yard drive uh, for five minutes at the end of the game to give them the lead. So uh, Matt Stafford, in his 13 NFL years, uh, now has uh, the same amount of Super Bowl championships as Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, both won. But uh, Stafford came through in the clutch, and he also was doing this without OBJ, who left the game with a knee injury, and he also did it without Robert Woods as well. And uh, he was down two of his best receivers. And also, they didn't really establish a running game last night, uh, neither team. Uh, so uh, congrats to Matthew Stafford, and I, I do think he will be in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, when his career is done. And, and, and winning Super Bowls and that kind of a drive submits your legacy as well. And Sean McVay, uh, the head coach of the Rams, is only 36 years old. He's the youngest coach uh, to ever win the Super Bowl at age 36 as well. Uh, anyways, guys, I, I'm going to wrap up my podcast. Again, I want to say thank you to my guest, Tommy Condell, the offense coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, please check him out on Twitter at Tommy Condell. Thank you for coming on. And again, I want to say thank you to everyone watching this live on video and li and later listening to this on audio platforms as well. I do have a couple more podcasts this week. I will announce them uh, hopefully tonight or tomorrow. I've got one from the NFL I'm still trying to confirm, and another one from uh, Major League Baseball as well. But um, I definitely will be in touch with you guys on my social media pages uh, sometime tonight about my next uh, podcast this week. I've got at least two more this week, possibly three or four. So we'll just see what happens there as well. And uh, like I said, Again, uh, I hope everybody has a great uh, Monday, February 14th. Uh, happy Valentine's Day for some of those people that are in relationships or married. And uh, it's going to be about another 161 days until the Philadelphia Eagles start up training camp as well. And uh, let's see, guys. Uh, the Gold Storm's next game is this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock against those London Knights. The Storm are 5-1 and one against the London Knights. And I want to say congratulations to Gold Storm head coach uh, George Burnett winning his 165th game 
behind the bench for the Gulf Storm. He's the uh, all-time winningest coach in Gulf Storm history at 165, and he's also the fourth winningest coach in junior hockey history as well, So with over 750-plus wins. So uh, I hope the Storm can honor them uh, this Friday night against the Saginaw Spirit. And speaking of that, I will be doing camera work again for Rogers this Friday night, uh, February 18th, against the Saginaw Spirit. And hope you guys can tune into Rogers TV for that game and uh, the game on Wednesday night against the London Knights at Budweiser Gardens. So, all right. I'm going to call this a podcast, but again, thank you to Tommy Cundell from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon with my next uh, Live with CDP podcast. And uh, just bear with me, and I'm just going to try to confirm with my guest tonight, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys uh, soon. Take care and have a great afternoon. And again, thanks for watching and listening to Live with CDP podcast.